You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I'm just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, <laughs> never really liked Chris. Yeah. Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. All righty, guys, we welcome you aboard. It is another edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Yes, indeed, we are back, and it is not a victory Tuesday. No, no. The Redskins once again lose for a third consecutive game, third consecutive week to drop to six and six as they once again drop a Monday night football contest in somewhat embarrassing fashion, 28 to 13 to the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, who improved to six and six themselves, have now won two games uh, in a row. And of course, the Redskins, again, as we mentioned, have now lost three games in a row, and they drop themselves to 6-6. Six and six. And where they go from here, well, that is the big question that we are going to try and attempt to tackle right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast uh, over the next uh, 25 minutes or so. Thanks for being with us, as always. You can get a hold of me, at WrestleMania621 on Twitter. We also set up the Locked on Redskins Twitter. It's at Locked Redskins, no locked on, at Locked Redskins on Twitter. You can email me, Russellmania09 at gmail.com, Russellmania09 at gmail.com, or you can also email me, LockedRedskins at gmail.com, Locked Redskins. Again, no on in the middle of Locked and Redskins, Locked Redskins at gmail.com. So plenty of ways for you to get a hold of us. Uh, Here, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for downloading all of that good stuff. Continue to spread the word, uh, even as the Redskins continue to spread a lack of holiday cheer as we head towards the Christmas holidays, and we're already in Hanukkah. This is episode number 136 of the Locked on Redskins podcast, and away we go here on a Tuesday version as, again, the Redskins lose 28-13 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, a couple of big-picture things. We'll start with that once again the Redskins find themselves down, much like they did against Houston. They were down 10 nothing in that game, uh, and uh, maybe actually they were down 13 nothing. It was either 10 nothing or 13 nothing. Either way, you get the point. They were down. And then against Dallas, they were down 7 to nothing, And then through an interception on the next try. You cannot, when you have the amount of injuries that the Redskins have, and we're going to get to the bigger injuries this situation, when you have the lack of sizzle in their offense, when you have no chance to come back from any deficit of any size, when your running game is as inconsistent and as all over the place as it is, again, which we're going to get to, you cannot get carved up on your very first drive of the game. And once again, the Redskins allowed Carson Wentz to be a little Houdini, moving around, extending plays. He finds Golden Tate for a six-yard touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. This was after Greg Stroman slipped on a little in-cut to the break back part of the end zone. Not really his fault. Not much you can do if you're Greg Stroman, but the bottom line is Golden Tate, who had done nothing for the Philadelphia Eagles since being acquired, all of a sudden comes alive, and it's 7 to nothing Eagles. Golden Tate, by the way, on the night, seven catches, seven targets, 
85 yards and a touchdown. How's that for production? And Golden Tate got the job done. And we had talked about that with Louis DiBiase on Friday uh, and the weekend edition with our crossover edition. I feared Golden Tate breaking out and that he did. Seven catches, seven targets, 85 yards, and a touchdown. And what's worse about that first drive for the Redskins, not only all of that that we just outlined, is they had chances. They had a third and one. They had a third and, I want to say, third and four, uh, somewhere along that line. Uh, they had opportunities. They missed tackles, as they seemingly have done now a whole bunch after being pretty good at that um, for much of the way. They they converted a third and four did Philadelphia, as Josh Norman should have had Alshon Jeffrey stop be- before the chains and couldn't bring him down and make the tackle. And then they converted a third and one in which Corey Clement just drove the pile. Initially, again, he was stopped behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, and he just drove the pile forward and then the touchdown. So, again, they couldn't get off the field on third mediums, third and shorts. They tackled poorly, and they allowed Carson Wentz to move around and extend plays a couple of different times in that game. Not enough pressure, and they give up the touchdown on the first drive. And that kind of set an ominous tone, even though the Redskins were only down 14-13 at the half. Now, in the rest of the first half, what happened was, well, a lot happened. Colt McCoy, as you probably know by now, is done for the year, a fractured fibula. And I feel terrible for the kid, uh, for the young man, whatever, uh, kid. He's not a kid. Uh, I've gotten to know him fairly well. Um, Last talked to him uh, for a nice little one-on-one interview the day he signed his contract extension for 2019. And we have talked about this situation as well. If he could have played out the rest of this year, he could opt out of his contract. Well, now that's not an issue anymore. So now he doesn't have that leverage because, again, he's done for the year. He suffered it on a six-yard loss sack at the end of the first quarter, and he actually stayed in and threw a five-yard completion that was wiped out because of a 10-yard completion that was wiped out because of a penalty uh, to Trent Williams, who did not have a very good game, and another and and had another completion right after that before finally going out at the quarter break. And for the Redskins to lose two starting quarterbacks in the last three games, not even three full games, and in the last three weeks, again, not even three weeks, the span of about 15 days, is utterly absurd. That just doesn't happen in normal teams, right? But it happens to the Redskins after not happening for so long to Kirk Cousins. Remember, Kirk Cousins, whatever you want to say about Kirk Cousins, he started every game. Never got hurt. Started every game the three years he was the starter. And now here the Redskins are because the bad karma is following them. Maybe they made bad decisions. I think they've made bad decisions. Bad luck, whatever you want to call it. Two starting quarterbacks, Dunsky, for the rest of the year. And who knows what next year holds. I think McCoy will be back. There's a lot of conjecture about Alex Smith. We've talked about this again on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Is Alex Smith going to be back? We don't know. We don't know. Is he going to be ready for week one? Doubt it. Very iffy. They don't seem to know. And the Redskins have lost two starting quarterbacks again in the span of 15 days. And what makes this worse is that they don't have anybody with any kind of experience in the system on the roster. Mark Sanchez came in and play, you know, acquitted himself I guess reasonably well, had a terrible interception, didn't do much statistically, but he looked like he had, you know, some some moxie behind him, some ability to move the offense at times, especially on that drive right before halftime that ended up with a field goal. 
The problem is the Redskins did nothing in the second half. Nothing on offense, nothing on defense, nothing in the running game, nothing, nothing, nothing. And they lost two more starting guards. So when you combine all of this into a big pot, what you have is a lot of major question marks. What you have is a lot of issues. And what you have is nobody with any experience, never mind at the guard positions, but at the quarterback spot where Mark Sanchez is going to start this Sunday for the New York against the New York Giants, his backup, by the time you probably, half of you listen to this, his backup is probably just going to be getting signed. Who those names are, that's the question. We will try and set that up and answer that question for you uh, here in just a bit, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Um because we don't know, quite honestly, the answer to that, but we should know because the Redskins should be better prepared, and they're not, quite honestly, uh, for situations uh, like this, and that's why we're kind of left with you know, so much uncertainty. But first, I want to tell you guys about Action Heat. It's getting colder, guys, as you know, uh, for most of you anyway, um, and Action Heat is where you want to be. It's engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels, to your clothing, similar to a heated car seat. Up to 135 degrees, it's perfect for any friend, family, on your holiday gift list. Great for anybody who works outdoors, ski or snowboarders, people that go to football games. Um, That wouldn't be a lot of Redskins fans. Anybody who loves the outdoors, hates being called hunters, what have you. Action Heat Clothing has heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. And right now, we have a special deal for our Locked On Redskins and Locked On Podcast Network listeners. Save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty and warm with Action Heat. All right, so we're back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard with us. I'm Chris Russell. It is episode number 136. 136, and again, the Redskins now 6-6 six and six after dropping a tough one, 28-13, to the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Another Monday Night disaster. Another short week. Another quarterback lost for the season, as we just chronicled. Who's going to replace Colt McCoy? On the roster, because, again, Alex Smith is already on IR. Colt McCoy will go on IR, uh, presumably on Tuesday, um, maybe before some of you even listen to this. Well, the options are names like this. Josh Johnson, who worked out earlier this year for the Redskins, who has a connection both in 2013 with the Cincinnati Bengals and Jay Gruden and 2008 with Jay Gruden in Tampa Bay and John Gruden, He would seem to be the most likely candidate just based on familiarity in a short week. But uh, as a buddy of mine, A.J. Thompson, pointed out on Twitter, uh, and A.J. is in the sports marketing and and agency business, and he knows a lot of the Redskins, uh, he was saying that uh, Josh Johnson was the number one overall pick of the uh, AAF, the new football league that's coming out and starting in February, and he was claimed by the San Diego team. So I don't know if Josh Johnson is able to get out of that. I'm not sure, quite honestly. Don't know. So that would seem to be the most logical name if he can get out of it. But other names are Paxton Lynch, who did work out earlier this year, the former first-round pick of the Denver Broncos, who was a miserable disaster. T.J. Yates, who's bounced around. E.J. Manuel, who's bounced around. Uh, Kellen Clemens. Uh, And then, of course, there's Colin Kaepernick. 
And you're going to hear a lot of people, especially on a week where people are angry, they're not caring as much about football uh, in the Washington, D.C. area. Nobody is going to be jacked up for the Redskins and the Giants. Nobody is going to want to make the pilgrimage uh, unless you just do what you do and you have season tickets and that's just the only thing you care about. There's going to be so much dissatisfaction, so much anger, so much venom, so many people for calling for Jay Gruden's head. Uh, Greg Minuski's head, Bruce Allen's head, and I get all of that. Some of that is fair, some of it is not. But there's going to be a lot of calls to action for the Redskins, and there already is, to sign Colin Kaepernick. Let me just repeat what I've said on the radio, on 106.7 The Fan, and Twitter, and anywhere, and anyone that will listen to me. The biggest mistake that the Redskins could make right now, quite honestly, uh, is signing Colin Kaepernick. I haven't said it like that, but... Quite honestly, if you're a franchise and you need a quarterback, why would you take a quarterback that hasn't played in two years, hasn't practiced, hasn't played? I don't care what kind of shape he's in. I don't care how much cardio he's doing. I don't care if he's working out with George Whitfield or not. I don't care. There is a major, major difference between practicing and playing in the NFL and doing anything you can on your own on the side. Colin Kaepernick has not played in two years. I get that there are no great options. I get that that's the best option in terms of a name value or somebody that brings a little pop and sizzle. And make no mistake about it, I love it for this podcast. I love it for my radio shows. It's polarizing. It's interesting. It's fascinating. I don't think Colin Kaepernick deserves to be back in the league, quite honestly. I don't think he's good enough to be in the league. I think he was wrong for suing the NFL for collusion. Now, it didn't seem to bother, uh, eventually, Eric Reed, the safety, his former teammate. Even though he sued and had a grievance, he got back in the league. So maybe it just takes the right owner, the right situation, the right climate, the right everything for Colin Kaepernick. The Redskins are not. You know, we know that the Redskins are diehard Republican organization, uh, Bruce Allen, of course, multiple, multiple connections with politics, uh, of course. Dan Snyder was a supporter of President Trump's uh, campaign and election uh, and uh, inaugural parade and all that good stuff. It's hard to see the Washington Redskins in the nation's capital, even though it would be a really interesting and polarizing move for a number of reasons. It's hard to see them bringing in Colin Kaepernick. So I'll just leave it at that, and you guys can do whatever you want with that. Some of you are going to want that. Some of you are not going to want that. I want nothing to do with it from a football sense because I think it's only inviting disaster. What happens when Colin Kaepernick's not your starter? What happens when the starter, whoever it is, Mark Sanchez in this case, stinks and is struggling? Then you're going to have all these ridiculous calls and cat calls for Colin Kaepernick, who's not ready, who hasn't played, who hasn't practiced, who hasn't studied the terminology, who doesn't know the playbook, all of that. It's just a disaster waiting to happen, and you might not even have to wait for it, quite honestly. I'd rather go with any one of these guys, if I'm being perfectly honest with you and not politically correct, any one of these guys better than Colin Kaepernick for many reasons. Um, so that's the story on that. So it looks like Mark Sanchez obviously will be the starter, barring some sort of weird injury, and we can't say weird at this point uh, because of what's happened with Alex Smith and Colt McCoy, and whoever they sign will be, again, activated and dressed. The thing that drives me crazy is the Redskins don't have 
and haven't had a third quarterback, not only on the roster, not only on the 53-man roster, they haven't had one on the practice squad. Yeah, that's why they made the deal for Kevin Hogan in the offseason. And he didn't earn a roster spot, and I get that. I was not against that. But I said when you cut him and when you let him go and when you're trying to get him through the practice squad, much like you tried to with Nate Sudfeld a year ago, and you wouldn't outmatch the Philadelphia Eagles and what they paid, when you have that situation, what you have to do is you have to have a third quarterback in the building on the practice squad just simply because they'll know or at least be somewhat familiar with the terminology, with the system, with the way the footwork, the mechanics, everything, the way that Jay Gruden, Matt Cavanaugh, and Kevin O'Connell want it to be taught. And speaking of Kevin O'Connell, according to my colleague at 106.7 The Fan, Craig Hoffman, Jay Gruden told him afterwards that Kevin O'Connell indeed was calling plays, the quarterback's coach, who knows and was former teammates with Mark Sanchez. This is an interesting development because Kevin O'Connell, I've said this probably here, and I know I've said this and thought this, the bottom line is is he's probably gone unless he gets the offensive coordinator position next year here with maybe some play-calling duties. And maybe this is just a start to the precursor uh, of that particular situation. Um, The other thing that I just real quickly wanted to bring up is quite honestly, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If the Redskins can't do better running the football, and if the Redskins can't do better in the areas that they're going to obviously, again, continue to, to need to do better, and that's running the football, staying healthy, protection, and on defense. And that's what I want to get to next. Some of the sobering reality and numbers and evidence of what I'm just talking about. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If you can't do anything else for the most part right, for the most part right, there was one other big thing on offense that they did right, which we'll get to, and a couple of big things on defense. That's it. Three big things isn't enough against the defending Super Bowl champions who know their season is on the line. All right, we're back on the Locked On Redskins podcast in just a moment right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard. First, guys, let me tell you about MyBookie. MyBookie is slammed with new betters, and they want to give everyone the best service possible. So I'm urging you to go to MyBookie right now if you want a little bit of action. In-game, live betting over-unders, fantasy points scored, the most rewarding player perks in the business. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code. Listen up here. If you use the promo code LOCKEDON25, if you use the promo code LOCKEDON25, And you go to MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, MyBookie, and use the promo code LOCKEDON25. You get, and create your account, you get the extra $25 for replay by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. Also, when you create your account, you can claim up to $1,000 in free play. It's up to you guys. Uh, I'd wait until... After you have a little dinner, your tummy's happy, and then your bank account can be happy if you go to my bookie and tell them Locked on Redskins sent you. All right, so guys, we wrap up 
like this. And it's great to have you with us. Episode number 136 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. So the three positives that we can all come up with and think about. Adrian Peterson's 90-yard touchdown run. Longest run uh, by a Redskin. Longest run uh, and and oldest player. All all the different accolades tied Jim Brown. The all-time career touchdown mark. All of that. Great, 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 great. The problem is Adrian Peterson on his other eight carries. That's right. He only got nine carries in a game that was 14-13 at the half, mind you. Now, the Redskins didn't score in the second half, but maybe this is part of the problem. In his other eight carries, Adrian Peterson had those eight attempts for eight yards. Had a 90-yard touchdown. Great, brilliant missed tackle at the point. Um, about eight, nine yards into the run, somewhere in that range. That would have brought him down. That would have just been a nice gain and not the monstrous gain and touchdown and score that it was. And I guess the final score could have been a lot worse. The bottom line is, is Adrian Peterson did not get enough opportunity and did not do enough with his other eight attempts for only, again, a combined net eight yards. So he finishes nine for 98 with the touchdown, and that looks great. But one or 90 came on one particular play. On defense, the Josh Norman interception at the goal line, great play. Went underneath the slant to Alshon Jeffrey, read Carson Wentz, read where he wanted to go. He was playing inside, which he doesn't always do. Uh, As a matter of fact, the Redskins have tried to shield him from that as much as they possibly can over the last two and three-quarters years, where he'll move from side to side from time to time, but he often will not move inside the slot. I'm not saying that it hasn't happened Uh, but he doesn't often do it. Uh, So that was kind of interesting that that interception happened when it did and where it did. And remember, if you go back to the Tampa game, he had a brilliant interception, a sprawling, jumping, leaping interception also at the goal line. And this happened to be right inside the goal line, and then he had a nice return. And, of course, the Redskins could do absolutely nothing with the turnover. The other positive, really positive, uh, thing for the defense was the fourth down goal line stand by Zach Brown. Zach Brown came off the left edge of the defense, the right edge of the Eagle offensive line. The Eagles had called timeout. No Zach Ertz on the field. So you pretty much think they're going run. Why not a run pass option, a quick slant, something like that. Uh, they don't do it. They try and just run it basically up the middle with Josh Adams and Zach Brown flies in off again the left edge of the defense and blows it up for the stop. Two great defensive moments, and that's pretty much it for the Redskins. One great offensive moment, and that's pretty much it for the Washington Redskins from Adrian Peterson, Josh Norman, and Zach Brown. That's it, period. And that's not enough, as we know. So the bottom line is this. The Redskins are a team that is clearly stuck in wallowing in its own misery, right? They're 6-6. Six and six. Again, losers of three straight. Nobody's going to be excited or jacked up or anything like that. They're professionals. They've got to come out. Coaching staff has to find a way to just get a win and to get to 7-6. and six. Honestly, I thought this game was going to be a lot closer. We picked the Redskins plus the 6. I talked about this on episode number 134 that, you know, I thought the Redskins would cover the six, but I thought, you know, they would lose probably by a field goal. Well, I was wrong. Uh, Obviously, things got away in the second half, and they lose 28-13. to So they lose by 15 points. I was, you know, wrong. Here's 
a couple of quick numbers just to kind of wrap this up and to put everything in perspective. First downs, the Philadelphia Eagles 28 to 10 advantage. On third down, the Eagles were 7 of 13, better than 50%. The Redskins, 2 of 10. Total net yards, the Eagles, 436. The Redskins, 201 less total net yards, 235. Offensive plays, 72 for the Eagles, 42 for the Redskins. Average gain, about the same. Rushing net yardage, 130 for the Eagles, 104 for the Redskins passing yardage, obviously a huge disparity, 306 to 131. Penalties, of course the Redskins would lead in this category, as we've talked about all year long. Penalties are a huge bugaboo. They are a major problem, and the Redskins just take a bunch of them for whatever reason. Uh, They had 10 penalties for 69 yards. The Philadelphia Eagles only had five penalties for 38 yards. Yards. The Redskins had six punts. The Eagles had two. And here's the worst and most damning statistic of all. The Eagles had the ball for 39 minutes and 19 seconds. The Redskins, in basically a must-win game, had the ball for 20 minutes and 41 seconds. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Redskins podcast for this edition. Again, episode number one. 36. Thank you very much for listening. Again, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com at WrestleMania621 on Twitter. Uh, if you want to email me on the the podcast email, it's lockedredskins at gmail.com. Lockedredskins at gmail.com. If you want to follow on Twitter, we try and put as much information and we'll add more and more to it at locked. Redskins, no on in the middle. At Locked Redskins is how you can follow also on Twitter in addition to at WrestleMania 621. So that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Adios.